Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Hello, everyone. This is Felicia. We have a fun episode today. We are on our annual girls trip. Um, We are in Park City, and we always love to do an episode when we have Jeannie here. So Jeannie is Terilyn and Caitlin's mom and my mother-in-law, and she's been on past episodes with us, and we'll have to link those for you guys. But today we are going to talk about navigating the waters of extended family relationships and in-laws and all of those things. We just have some of our favorite tips for those relationships. But I'm going to start us out with a high five, and that is on our girls' trip. There was a fun little pool area that we were relaxing at, and we did some yoga and acrobatics all together as a group. And it was just really fun, fun bonding experience. (laughs) It was very fun. Okay, this is Tara Lynn, and my high five is that last week I had my first, speaking of acrobatic stuff, I had my first performance in months and months and months. I think it had been like six months since I'd performed because I had been recovering from an injury and it had been a few months before that when I had performed last. So it had been a long time and it was really, really, really emotional for me. I mean, I was nervous because I only had two weeks of actual practice before because I had to wait till my recovery time was over. So I'd, I'd choreographed all these things in my head and then I had to see if I could get them actual in the physical world in two weeks. So I was really nervous, but it was really, really emotional for me. I mean, really symbolic, really. I mean, I felt so many feelings. I felt, it was interesting. I faced, I had to, I approached fear differently. I used to not be afraid at all, and now I am. And so that was interesting to kind of feel the fear and find out ways to keep myself safe. And anyway, it was really emotional. And I don't think I've ever enjoyed a performance so much in my life, like the actual experience of performing because I was just so grateful that I could do it you know Mm -hmm. so that's my high five I was it was a dream and it was really beautiful it was really good well done I got to see I wasn't able to go to it but I was able to see all the videos and it was so fun to watch everybody you guys all did so and Felicia was in it too and my daughters were in it so it was actually really fun the whole the whole show Parker was in it and Felicia's husband Parker my son so it ended up it was very fun okay so my Um, high five is that it's such an effort to try to get together I feel like everybody's got crazy schedules but we finally made it and I get to be with my favorite girlfriends in the whole world my favorite friends and just to be here and even though we love being with the kids just be able to talk and have a conversation and just be together and do what we want to do it's been great yeah and I, I want to add my high five it's a high five to you because mom she is the one that like, kind of made this happen. You, like, got the place. You and Dad, like, made sure, like, we got the place and got everything ready and did all the coordinating to get the time, which is a lot of effort and time. Yeah. So, high five to you for making that happen. High five to Dad for also helping. He is just such a stellar person and, like, helping. He packed up everything for us. We brought all of our stuff over. He packed up all the bikes because we went bike riding. And I know that we've said this before, but and just to our husbands also back at home who are watching our kids because yeah. it's nice to be able to not have to worry about your kids 
and just be able to have a nice weekend with yeah. some of your good And know they're in such capable, amazing hands. It's yeah. the best. Yeah. Thanks, husbands. It's big high fives to that. Okay. So <clears throat> I'll go first with my extended family navigating tip. And really, it's a relationship. And in any relationship, this is um, valuable. But mine would be... I remember one day I was just sitting there and I was a little sad or frustrated about a situation. I can't even remember what it was, to be honest, in like a, a family dynamic. And I just thought, had this thought to myself in realization, they're literally not thinking about you. Not in a mean way, but just in a, when you're in a family with a lot of people, I think we have a lot of expectation that we put on them in different ways than we do just casual acquaintances and friends, especially if you're interacting and, and you're close. And I just had this thought that like assuming the good basically in um, my extended family relationships when even when something might frustrate me, not going to assuming that they were intending to frustrate me. So that would be my tip. Um, if there's a situation where you feel like it was like a personal attack or they did something to spite you or where they weren't considering you, I would say flip it and say they probably weren't considering you, but not in a malicious way. It's just, we all have our own things and we all unintentionally are, you know, dropping the ball or hurting people when we're not trying to. We're all good, we're, tr we're doing our best. So I, I guess just assume the best because everybody has their own little family they're navigating. They have other extended family relationships and it's just a lot, it's a lot to manage. So I guess just some grace in your relationships. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do think along with that, I think sometimes, and then unless you're in like a, there's like a toxic person, sometimes that might not always work. But something that I feel like I've realized too <clears throat> is sometimes if something like that happens where feelings have been hurt, I feel like sometimes, and I, I sometimes I'm just like, okay, it's not going to bother me. But I feel like the times that I have brought it up with a person, like actually just said, even though I thought it was going to be kind of hard to bring it up, it's always gone over really well. Because for the most part, you're right, that other person didn't even really realize that mm -hmm. like what they had said was maybe yeah. hurtful. or, And I feel like nine times out of ten, that's been my experience, is that we both come to an understanding where it's like, oh yeah, like I can see how you felt that way. And I feel like our relationship has ended up being better. So I feel like giving them the benefit of the doubt and if it's something where you can't, because sometimes it's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to let that go. And you really can. But sometimes it is good to bring it up. And I have noticed that when I do, I'm always grateful that I did because I feel like the relationship has been better, even if I thought it was going to be tough. Because I think sometimes in an in-law situation, it is hard because I think with like my mom, it's easier because we've grown up together and I know our relationship really well. But sometimes I think in in-law situations, that can be a little bit little bit tricky sometimes, but I think every time I do, I do have those conversations, I feel like I'm glad that I did. I'm grateful about it. And I think the, when you do that, when you're assuming the good in the person, you can separate the person from the action and not like, like put Instead it on. their bad. It's yes. just, like it's a behavior dumb. that maybe you want to talk to him about. It's an action that hurts your feelings, but you're not like, Villainizing them. Yeah. Like yeah. putting on the person. Because yeah. I think that's easy to do. And I think it goes, yeah. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but yeah, it goes back to they are not bad, but they might have done something stupid. Mm -hmm. And and that's the same for us. Like we mm -hmm. do dumb things all the time. Yeah. So I like that. Um, my main tip is actually, well, I, I kind of have two, but one of them that I think has actually been really helpful for me 
I feel like once I got married, a hard thing, I think one of the hardest things that, at least for me and Cam, was a source of conflict and something that we had to figure out was just figuring out the family sharing of time dynamic because I feel like both of our families did fun things and they both wanted us to be a part of it. And I feel like I especially felt it for any listeners out there that have this kind of dynamic. When me and Cam moved out of state for a couple of years, it was really hard because then when we would come back into town, both of our families lived near each other. And so, and it would usually be we'd be coming back in during Christmas time. So that's just a fun time anyway, but there's so much happening. And both families really, they would always have fun things. And of course they wanted to spend time with us. And I think, I remember, but this was really helpful because I think both of us had a hard time navigating. I think we just wanted to please everyone, including pleasing ourselves, but we just were having a hard time. But this goes outside of even holiday times. I think everybody runs into this dynamic where it's like you're just trying to navigate timesharing and you can't make everybody happy because sometimes important things sometimes fall on the same day or whatever. And so I remember bringing this up to you, Mom, during a Christmas time. It was one of those times where we'd come back. And I think I had said, because I was feeling honestly like really stressed about it because it was like, I just feel, and I think I said, I was like, I just feel like we can't make anybody happy. Like, doesn't matter how much time we spend with either family, like they want more. Like, and so that, and that's just how we felt. And whether that was necessarily communicated or even how they felt, I think that was just how it felt. But it was just like, man, it feels like we can't please everybody. And mom, you said something really good. And I actually, I was really grateful for it because you said, it actually just helped me change my mindset because she said a few things, but one of them was, how cool is it that you have so many people in your life that really do love to be with you? Like you have so, like you have nieces and nephews, you have your, like my even extended family cousins, I have my siblings, I have Cam's siblings and his parents. Like how cool is that we, that we do have that? And it, it almost like reshifted it for me rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, like we've just got to make sure this works. It was like, man, that is pretty cool. Like we do have so many people that really love us and love to be with us. Like that's pretty awesome. And now even that I live back in state and you have kids, I think about the same thing. Like how cool is it that this actually is even sometimes like an issue that I have to work through. So honestly, that mindset, my, that mindset shift kind of helped me with navigating those. Cause sometimes there, there is still like conflicts that we have to work out with that, but it's kind of helped me see it in a new light. That's helped me navigate it in a cleaner way and in a way that actually doesn't bring me as much turmoil or stress. So that's been really good for me. And another one that I really liked is cause I feel like sometimes again, um, I mentioned like we wanted to kind of have everybody be happy, but I think something good to realize and that I have is in extended family relationships, realizing that sometimes you're going to say no. And sometimes that might disappoint some people. And sometimes you're going to say like, say yes. But I think like being wholehearted about it. And I think sometimes when it's maybe not your first choice, maybe it's your spouse's first choice of doing it. We did this in another episode. We talked about it, but I really liked it. I think this is from Gretchen Rubin, but she said, if you can't get out of it, then get into it. And I really love that because there is going to be sometimes in an extended family situation where it may not be your first choice, whether it's like going fishing. Maybe you're like, that is just not my jam or whatever it is. You pick it. It's like, well, I don't know if I actually want to do that. But, and there's sometimes where you might actually say no because it makes sense to say no. But I feel like sometimes it makes sense to say yes because it's like, you know, it's a family bonding thing. And even if it's not your first choice, but I love that. Like, if you can't get out of it, then just get into it and invest in it because then you're going to make the connections. You're going to be happy that you did it instead of feeling any sort of resentment, which then isn't fun for you or anybody else. So those are kind of my two thoughts that have, I think, been beneficial for me in kind of navigating healthily, like extended family relationships. So. 
Yeah, and I think what you said about the, <clears throat> like, um, that there's so many people who, who want you, that's really special. And also, I think it can help you remember when, when you're inviting. So whether that's like when your kids are grown or even now to remember that feeling that you felt and not put the heavy burden yeah. of the expectation on the people. Mm-hmm. Like, turn it around. Yeah, when, when you're, you're the inviting. Yeah. yeah, yep. I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, as I've been thinking about this, I was... First, I was trying to think of things that I think I do to make my relationships good. And then I was like, hold on a second. I'm going to focus on, for this question, what my in-laws do for me. So that would be Jeff's parents, Dave and Joy, and Felicia, who's my sister-in-law, right? And I was trying to think of, so what is it that they do to make our relationship good? And I sometimes feel guilty about it because I think I, I, think I have excellent, I have like the best in-laws. I mean, I can't. I love them. I love them so much. I love Felicia. I love Jeff's parents. I love Jeff's siblings. So I feel really lucky. And sometimes I almost feel guilty about it because I feel like for a lot of people, their in-laws are like a serious trial in their yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So as I say that, I just want to say that I really want to validate that if you have really difficult relationships, I totally see that. And I have so many friends who tell me stories and I'm like, oh, that's really hard. So I just want you to know that, I don't know, I don't, I don't take it for granted. But there are a few things that my in-laws do that a lot of my friends who have struggles with their in-laws that they don't do. So I think my in-laws have played a big part in that magical, that our relationship is a strength to me instead of a trial. And narrowed down to two things. I mean, I I think there's a lot, but the main one is my mother and father-in-law, they're really supportive of us. They spend a lot of time with us, but they never throw out criticisms or feedback. They don't just toss them out there ever. If there's something that's like serious, they've thought about for a long time, they might have like a sit down conversation with lots of love in it of like, this is really concerning us. But honestly, I mean, that is so rare and far between. It's like, there's never a time where I've ever heard my mother-in-law say, "Uh, maybe you shouldn't do that with your, are you sure you should give him that binky? I, I mean, I'm just giving like little examples. It is so easy for us to say casually, but she never throws out the little corrections, which I think with your own kids, it's easier to do because you have like a whole life of give and take there. Or like to my, I don't know, like I feel like depending on the relationship, like I'll say that to my husband or my husband can say that to me and I'm not going to care. Or my mom can say it to me and I'm not going to care. But if my mother-in-law... more delicate. Yeah, if my mother-in-law were to say, I just care so much what she thinks that I, I don't know, it just feels like it's a more, I don't know, it's more sensitive or something. So that's something I really appreciate. And when I first had a baby, I actually, I'm remembering this now, and I'm thinking I should probably follow up with it. But I told my in-laws and my parents, I was like, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to receive feedback about my parenting because parenting is just such a sensitive issue. Like I'm, we're all trying our best. It's like this thing that we're investing all of our souls into and you're just hoping you're not messing up your kids. So I remember telling them like, okay, so I don't know if I, I don't think I can take feedback just on the fly, but I will periodically ask you for feedback because I want to like be prepared for it. Like I want to be like ready for it. And then, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm saying that as a tool because I think that would have been a good tool how to actually used it. But <laughs> you I've, I've asked a few times. I've been a parent though for 13 years and I think I've asked my in-laws and my parents maybe five times total. <laughs> you know, like every once in a while I'll be like, do you see something that I'm doing? Because I'm ready to hear it. I think it would be probably better if I was more regular about that practice, maybe like once a year or something. 
But, but if you're having trouble with that, I think you could, both of my parents and my in-laws really received that well. And again, my parents and my in-laws don't even do that to start with. It isn't like they're throwing corrections at me all the time. I was just like a little worried. Like, I don't know if I can take, I don't know if my, like, I don't know if I can take it if you do. And both of them were like, yeah, I totally I agree with that. And again, I think both would have done that anyway. But if you're just in a situation where you feel like somebody's just giving you unsolicited feedback all the time and it's really hard for you to be around, you could say something like, this subject is something that's really sensitive to me and I want to hear feedback, but because I'm trying so hard, it feels like I just, I just don't know if I can take it. So just so you know, every October I'm going to ask. And the cool thing about that is hopefully not a lot comes up. I don't even know. And then you'd have to really, it'd have to be a boundary conversation of, mm-hmm. you know, What's maybe it's, work for you? yeah, uh, you know, let's come up with two things positive and one thing negative or something like, don't give me a whole list of laundry <laughs> list of everything you think I'm doing wrong. You know, I don't know what mm-hmm. it could be. And obviously a therapist, I think could really help with that kind of setup, depending on what boundaries you have happening. But anyway, that's something that I really appreciate about my in-laws is that seriously, like there's never like a casual correction. It's always, if they ever bring up something, it's something they've thought about for a really long time. And all the little stuff has never been brought up. So that when there is something big, or if, I guess it's just say if, if there was something big, I would be like, oh my gosh, I really want to hear this because this is mm-hmm. important to you. And yeah. you haven't said all the other times you've seen me. It's not diluted. Fail because, I, you know, we're all making mistakes all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that, that's one. No, just random feedback. I think just show love. And I think in specifically extended family relationships, I think that goes a really long way. So anyway, I really appreciate that about my in-laws. And the other thing is my mother and father-in-law do this, and Felicia does this really, really well. And that is just more listening. You know what I mean? Really positive, wonderful listening. I think everybody just wants to be seen, and sometimes we get so caught up in what we're saying that we forget to listen. And I think in extended family relationships or in-law relationships, we're wanting, again... The other relationships have been together their whole lives. So they have like an entire life of a bank account in and out. And when you raise somebody, you know, they've just like, my parents have seen a side of me that they're, I mean, they changed my diaper when I was little, right? And now I feel like there's literally nothing I could do to make them not love me. (laughs) You know what I mean? But in an in-law situation, I feel like you have this bank account and so listening and giving, not only not giving negative feedback, but actually going out of your way to give positive feedback, that you see them. I see you. I hear you. I really want to get to know about you because I actually care, and that goes both directions, and I think, Felicia, you are spectacular at that. Ever since we met, I feel like you have been an amazing listener and have become my dear friend by putting into that bank account so that... I agree with that. I mean, I feel as though you are my sister, like you're just as much my sister as Kaylin is. And I think that's a huge part of it. <clears throat> I feel the same. Back to you guys. I totally agree. Okay. <clears throat> so one, when Terrilyn's talking about asking for feedback, these are all amazing women, amazing parents, amazing families. So when she says that, there really isn't much to give. And just as parents, Stan will sometimes throw in, make sure they're wearing helmets on their bikes or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff because they are amazing and there really isn't feedback to give because they're, just amazing. We're just being the old, older folk that are trying to remind them safety stuff. So amazing, <laughs> amazing parents, and there really is nothing to give. Um, uh, the second thing, when they talk about listening, I feel like every one of my in-laws, so that is Cam. Uh, Cam is a phenomenal listener, 
And um, Jeff, uh, I don't get him alone very often, but if I do, it can be magical. Um, and then Felicia, of course, it, you know, is my dear friend. She's not just my daughter. She's my dear friend. So I think that is probably the key to really anybody that they're important enough that you take the time to truly listen. And my two, so I'm adding to what Terlin said, but the, the thing that I feel, so I'm Jeannie, if, if I didn't say that, um, the thing that I think is so important is that you don't treat anybody like an in-law. I refuse to accept that name and to not have an in-law and they're all the same. So once Felicia's in our home or Cam or Jeff or whoever it is, they're just one of my kids um, and when I give advice or I do a family night or whatever I do, I treat them all because they're my kids. Um, I know people that take people on trips and they do girls nights or girls weekends or whatever, and they just take their own daughters and they don't take their daughters-in-law. Um, I, I grew up in that. Um, I don't want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to have where all my kids are brought in and they're all, so I refuse to have in-laws. Um, are you, before you switch, I will vouch from coming in from the outside that I always, from day one felt like that like brought into the dynamic of like the sisters and just like as truly part of the family and not like, yeah, you're here cause you married Parker, but you're not like one of us. And I think it's, it's harder to do that than it sounds like, well, of course, I don't think anyone intends that. But I think it's just easy to create that feeling of like, you're just a little bit outside. So that's a testament to you because I think you've built that culture in your family. It's really yeah. cool. I love that. And the, yeah, girls night wouldn't be girls night if Felicia wasn't there. Yeah. No. Yeah. If, if one's missing, it's not the same. And I truly love them all like my daughters. And if you're with me, I will introduce them all as my daughters. And then it is weird if my son's there because then I do have to say she really is my daughter-in-law. <laughs> but, but I don't, I refuse to even have that. Um, cause it's a really negative connotation for me. And, um, I never really felt accepted, and um, and so I don't want anyone to have that where they do girl stuff, but you're not invited and stuff like that. So I don't I don't have that in my family. And I think that dynamic where you're not feeling apart, like Terrell saying, like these are my parents who have you know wiped my bum since I was little, and that creates a certain kind of acceptance and a knowing in your relationship. And I'm not saying that it like gets to that point, but I think that feeling of because I think a lot of time as an in-law you're like I just want them to accept me and love me and I want to please them in a certain way and it's different because they're not your parents so I think that that feeling of you are a daughter or a son in our family creates a different sort of acceptance of your shortcomings and yes. your faults yeah. yes so the unconditional love that so they don't agree with you on something or you're not on the same page on something but no matter what, you have unconditional love for anything. Like, nothing will ever, ever change that. I will still always love you. Because you're not always going to be on the same page with everything. But can you still have that love? And you still want to be together. And you're going to do different things. That's the thing with in-laws. You're raised different ways. So you're going to do things different. So I've heard a lot of mother-in-laws be like, well, she doesn't do this the way I do. And it's like, well, of course she doesn't do it the way you do. Because mm -hmm. she wasn't raised in your house. And you know what? <laughs> and you what? have to be okay with that. There's actually like a... A psychological thing with men that that like and this is getting deeper but there's if you want to look into this there's this whole like um, psychoanalysis of men who don't feel like their mom has released like 
the key is what they call it to the new wife or to, so it's like really to them as the man where like their mom's still holding a piece of their, their family or their independence or their like, you know, family dynamic is still slightly held by the mom because that accept that full acceptance of the new wife never quite gets there. And I think that's like this feeling that we're saying like of that full, like I trust you with, my kid and with now my grandkids, it's like a full, it's like a feeling of trust. Like I know that you're like giving me that trust over people that you really care about and love. And that's like a big deal to fill. Well, cause you do, you love those grandkids more than anything. And it would be horrible to think, Oh my gosh, I don't like this or that. But I mean, you are, you're such a good mom. You're all such good moms. And we've all felt this some in some relationship where you're not enough. And, I felt that, you know, my whole life in certain relationships. And I refused to bring other people and to not, to have anyone else feel what I felt. So whether it's in your own family, whether it's in the in-law family, I just think it's important that you bring them in and you're all the same. So we all make the same choice, you know, we have the same um, authority, whether we're making decisions, the same voting power, whatever it is. But I know so many people that they'll do girls trips and they don't invite the one daughter-in-law or two daughter-in-laws. And I just think, anyway, you're, you're making the statement, whether you mean to or not, that they're not enough. And that, that's how I would feel. That's how I have felt. So I think that's really important. And then the second thing that I thought was, and I kind of alluded to this, but I think you have to have a relationship with every person in your family just by yourself, not just the couple. So I love all these couples. But, and some are harder than others because, you know, these men are harder. I mean, they work full time. They're busy. When they do come, they're, they're being the good dads, taking care of the kids. Same with the moms, right? I mean, Felicia's a little easier because she comes with girls. And we have girls day during you the week and stuff. I see her during the day. But the men, I don't as much. But, like, both of them will come up and, like, ask me about my life, um, care about my life. They'll text me when something's happened in my life. Um, and it's not like they put it on the couple. It's not like they put it with the wife. It is a relationship, just me and them. And it means so much to me because they have different strengths and different things that they can help me that nobody else can. And, um, I mean, I have really good son, a really good son, and then these good son-in-laws and a really good husband. But I haven't had tons of other great, great relationships like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> grateful for that. So... I would actually like more of that, and but it's just hard. They're hard to get by themselves. But I think you have to have a relationship with those people separately, not just as a couple. Like, I love you because you married my son, but I love you because you're my dear friend and you're my daughter myself. And that's how I feel like all my in-laws, I don't even like to use that word, my new son, so that would be Jeff and Cam, I feel like I have my own relationship with them. Um... And so, one, develop the relationship, you know, have a relationship with them separately. And again, it takes effort. And I, and sometimes, like, either they're going through something or I'm going through something and maybe we haven't agreed on something or maybe I've said something stupid and it's not always perfect. But that you're, these are important enough relationships that we put the effort in. You give the grace when you make, when somebody says something and realize nobody meant anything and you just keep trying and keep doing and keep, and I think you have to make an effort to be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are all <clears throat> really, really good tips. We didn't we didn't plan this before. We went on a bike ride and said, everybody think of your stuff, and I'm impressed. You guys brought some good mm-hmm. stuff to the table. 
Can I add one little thing that I was just thinking of mama as you were talking? Because I appreciate that you do that so much. And this is now going off of so many, like I'm like having all these friends' stories like echoing around in my head. And my thought is, of course, with every relationship, you have to have boundaries. And there is such thing as toxic people. However, I think there's something about the in-law term that people are so quick to label them as toxic and think I'm just going to cut them out. And I'm not saying that there's not place for that because there are. There are really toxic people out there and I'm not going to say when that should happen or not. But I have watched, for example, just recently, one friend, she just married into a family and her mother-in-law, you can tell is trying, but is just difficult, you know, and, you know, says things sometimes that are a little blunt and whatever. And she, my friend was like, I mean, they've, they've been married for like six months and she's like, I think I'm just ready to just cut that relationship completely. You know, I don't have the investment in this. We don't have years of history. Still want my husband, but I mean, I'm talking like, I don't, I'm just never going to go over there again. She's just bugging me, you know? And but it's interesting because her husband is tortured about it because he has a great relationship with his family his whole life and now he's having to choose between his wife and his parents. So I'm, I'm acknowledging that it is a can be a difficult relationship but also it's a gift to your spouse if you can not just write it off. As like, I don't, you know, I'm just gonna not at all here. And I, again, I think personal therapy actually could be a great way to navigate this because I feel like I'm talking really generally and I'm not saying be a doormat and I'm not saying take abuse, none of that. I'm just saying sometimes you might come across somebody who's a difficult person who is also your in-law and it's a gift to your spouse if you can figure out a way to work it in a way that every time you're there, you're not like rolling your eyes and like looking at him like, can you believe, you know what I mean? Like, because then he's going to be tortured every time he's around his family too. So can you make it a way so that when I am going to give my time, even though I don't even like this person, <laughs> can I give it in a way that it is truly not from a place of resentment in a healthy way? And again, mm -hmm. I think therapy could be a great way to navigate that, but I've just seen that where it, it's, it puts the spouse in a yeah. really tortured place. When, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about just like the annoying things that yeah. people do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there so. are harder personalities that, that we all know. Some are harder personalities. That, yeah. yeah, it does make that hard. So. Well, and to speak to that, just so everyone's clear, like Jeannie and I have had our fiery conversations and there's been times when we've been through stuff that's like, we're, it's not like always been rainbows and butterflies 24-7 in our relationship. But cultivating a friendship is that's really valuable to me, just like anything, like with your spouse or someone who's a really close friend, when you have a deeper relationship and a friendship, it's worth understanding the other person and working through those times that are hard, where if you, again, if they're just nobody to you really, it's just like, well, I'll just never talk to them again. So I think that's just a, a reminder that, these are people who you're going to see all the time. So can you take the time to really know them and deepen your relationship? So when things are hard, because they will be, because you see each other all the time, it's something that you value and you want to understand them and, and work mm -hmm. through the problems. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope that was helpful. Let's find the magic. Perfect example. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, just a quick reminder to use code FINDTHEMAGIC to receive $50 off any Gab wireless device, watches, phones. Let's keep our kids safe on tech as they go back to school, but also safe and aware of where they are. So again, that's Gab Wireless with code FINDTHEMAGIC. You can receive $50 off any device. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> <And> brown cows. <laughs>